This week on Geek Explained, One Minute War is here. The next big event for the Flash family has officially begun, and to celebrate, I'm taking a trip through the Speed Force with Flash series writer Jeremy Adams to discuss his journey as a writer, his pro wrestling fandom, and just what we can expect in the next chapter of Wally West's career as the fastest man alive. Welcome back to Geeksplained. I'm your host, Eric Kazana, and today's episode is our first creator interview of 2023. This time we are going to be interviewing Jeremy Adams, the current writer of the Flash series over at DC Comics. Uh, Jeremy is a wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, we met at LA Comic Con, and we were able to uh, get this interview together right in time for One Minute War, the next big event in the Flash series. And I'm really excited, if you can't tell. Uh, the series kicked off last week as of this recording, so we're going to be talking full spoilers for that first chapter. We're also going to be going over uh, Jeremy's journey on in his writing career, how he got started writing at DC Comics, how long he's actually been writing for DC in their animated realm. And also, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about what we can expect for this one-minute war. I'm really excited. Uh, can't wait to share this conversation with you. We had a great time. Also found out that, uh, like me, Jeremy is also a former Tucsonan. So shout out to all the Tucson, Arizona listeners. Uh, he's one of us. He's one of us. Uh, was really, really happy to sit down with him and talk about this. Uh, Wally West has been a big focal point for DC Comics and for my personal uh, reading when it comes to DC Comics. So I am absolutely over the moon to be able to share this interview with you just in time for this big event to get underway. We also have, of course, this week's Comics Countdown, where I'll chat you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week, so make sure you stay tuned after the jump for that. But for now, let's roll right on into the main event, the main course, the entree, if you will, as I sit down with Jeremy Adams to discuss The Flash and One Minute War. Is it possible to save the world in just 60 seconds? That's the question being posed by the latest event in the Flash series, entitled One Minute War. Now, there have been many events across many eras of The Flash, but this one is shaping up to be one of the best. And that's largely due to the sensational ideas of series writer and our guest for today making his Geeks Flame podcast debut. It's Jeremy Adams. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me in those kind, way too kind words. So, I, <laughs> I, I love to just gush over people in the beginning so I can get all of that early much, embarrassment out. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you on here. We're going to be talking lots of things, especially The Flash. Yeah. And you have been killing it 
on the flash for a while now. And I'm very excited to have you on the show. Well, thank you. I feel like I, it, it's my, the artists that I work with have been killing it. <clears throat> I feel like I, I kind of like ruin their panels by putting so many words. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, every time with Fernando sends me back something, I'm always just like, why am I even writing? Like, this is so good. <laughs> you know? So. Well, and you've you've gotten to work with a lot of great artists, oh. both like in interiors and covers. Oh, so bro. like how's how's that been? Well, I mean, listen, being in the comics is like a dream come true. Like eight-year-old Jeremy is very, very, very happy. Um, if you saw, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I talk to people uh from, you know, back in the day, and they're like, Yeah, this is exactly what we thought would happen, you know. You would be in comics. And I've been trying to get into comics through the backwards way through movies and television right (laughs) (laughs) but you know my room was just filled with comic posters and number one issues and things bagged and boarded and thumbtacked onto the wall i mean uh (laughs) and and so being able to do this so when i got my first couple of books were um for future state and it was yes say one million with it was a backup black adam thing in the suicide squad yeah um, which is like the first appearance of gold beetle and stuff and i mm-hmm. it was funny because i'm writing it and i'm just kind of like can i make a character and they're like sure and i'm like oh my gosh it's coming true like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm adding toys to the toy box you know and yes and then <clears throat> the other one was the uh the future state with the the new black racer uh, yeah. thing which was fun too totally both different but very that, different yeah but after that uh Mike Cotton, who was the editor, was like, hey, do you, you want to do The Flash? And I was like, huh? You know, <laughs> you got any ideas for The Flash? I'm like, bro, do I got ideas? You know, like, <laughs> and and then I don't know how I got so lucky, but that first arc, it's like, you know, Brandon Peterson was doing the stuff in the Speed Lab, basically. Yeah. And then everything else was like a huge artist, you know? Yes. But it was me, gigantic. The Kevin Maguire issue that was like yeah. comprehension i was like it doesn't matter now if you take this away this this has this has happened you know <laughs> like kevin mcguire has drawn my words my care yeah like <laughs> wally slapping lex luthor i it, it's still to this day is one of the most incredible things that i've ever had happen the other thing that's really fun is just being able to create characters and build out relationships and stuff and and you know I think the flash, at least my tenure on the flash, it's like, um, it's not, it's very much doctor who it's very much just running around yes. in the DC universe. Because to me, I was like, Oh, I can, I can use a Like, like I was like, I wanted to, yeah. oh, this may be my only opportunity, you know? So I wanted to just play with as many characters as I could. And, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been enjoying it way too much, way too much. Like I'm, 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 I'm way too invested in in the book and the characters emotionally. <laughs> so, uh, well, if, if if it makes you feel any better, we're all invested as nah. well. So, like, you, you're not the only one. <laughs> but so, l- like you said, working backwards. Let's yep. do that. So let's work backwards from where we were, uh, where we started. So you're you've been writing for a long time. We actually just off mic. We were talking about our crazy, wild, small world. Yeah. With both of us having uh, ties to Tucson, Arizona. Shout out right. to Tucson. Here's right. the villains over there. We're down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so you began your career writing how with the, because you went to the U of A. I went to U of A and then I moved out here and just tried to, to um, 
you know, try to break into the film industry, uh, which is incredibly hard. And it, and absolutely, it was, it was over a decade later that I got my first credit, which is on Green Lantern, the animated series. Yes. And, um, and I did, uh, two of those, which was incredible and what a great series to work on. <clears throat> and then from there, um, I didn't, I didn't have anything for a while. I was working at a toy company as an assistant and, and animation is one of those things where you turn in a script and two years later, maybe the thing will come out. And uh, <laughs> while I was working as an assistant, Green Lantern came out and they said, well, why aren't you writing for our show? I was like, what's your show? And, and during that time, I was pitching them tons of things they should do as organic right. brands of the toy company. And they said, we got a show called Monsuno. So they let me write a couple episodes of Monsuno. And then they quickly moved me to an assistant producer uh, position. And, and um, I, I was helping out with that show. And then uh, I remember on a Friday, I found out my wife was pregnant. And then uh, that Monday, they, they let the entire department go. <clears throat> so it was like three years of ghostwriting and trying to get work and being a stay-at-home dad. And it wasn't until my mentor, the guy who got me the job on Green Lantern the Animated Series, Jim Creek, he had started working at Warner Brothers and he was working on a show called Justice League Action. And he asked yes. me to come in and pitch and i did uh a, a, you know like four four episodes of that i think with alan burnett and um and we had a great time and that and that started kind of like the warner brothers track where it was like oh he turns things in they like it you know he's not a problem child and 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 then i got a lego thing from that a lego dc superhero girls movie like dtv yeah. and it was great because i had a young little baby girl so it was like oh this absolutely is and uh, and then it just kept going and going, and I started doing all the the Lego stuff. And then um, Jim and I did the Supernatural crossover, which got me onto Supernatural yeah. uh, with Scooby Doo. And then uh, and then yeah, and then suddenly I'm doing because I'm talking about there was two things I talked about a lot. I would talk about martial arts a lot, uh, and I would talk about uh, DC martial arts a lot because I love DC comics. Oh, I know this arts. And um, they would always be like before we go to a meeting, like, just don't just shut up. You know, and I'd be like, Oh yeah, I absolutely won't talk about it. And immediately get in the meeting and start talking about bronze tiger versus Richard dragon or whatever. Yes. Um, so from there, when they, when mortal Kombat came up over there, people were like, Oh, Jeremy's the only one that, you know, <laughs> I guess we got to give it to him, you know, martial arts guy. Yeah. And then the same thing, Bruce Tim had come in and he said he wanted to do something with Batman kind of enter the dragon i'd been pitching batman into the dragon on my own and they're like great so then bruce and i got together and we hit it off really well and started doing yeah. we did solo the batman solo the dragon which was really fun yes. and so anyways all that had happened and right before covid we got a call from dan didio and it was like uh, megan fitzmartin me tim sheridan my friend Eric, a couple other people, a couple of anime, uh, Josie Campbell, like yeah. it, we were all asked to come to this meeting where Dan was explaining 5G and, and how we're going to be writing all these things. And, you know, I was like, I'll write anything, you know, I don't know yep. miniseries done. I'll do it. <laughs> I was so desperate to get into comic books and I've been pitching different comics over the years, but never gotten any uh, headway. So this one looked like it was a, a probable and then obviously there was a shakeup at DC and then Warner yep. Brothers got taken over and I thought, oh man, this sucks. But <laughs> the name was on a list somewhere and and uh, and I think 
I think the editor, Mike Cotton, had, had said something to Tim Sheridan, like, oh, I got this list of animation people. Do, do you like any of these guys? And and Tim had mentioned how much he he, he liked me, foolish mortal. So they <laughs> they got my foot in the door, and now I won't let it close. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so here I am. You know, as a winding road. Yeah, I know it is. I it it's been such a privilege to be able to write and do so much. I never thought I would be able to have done so much. What's interesting though is as much as like TV and movies and stuff that I've done, people don't react to that as much as they react to comic books. It's really interesting. <laughs> I mean, there's just like a million more people I did a show called Monkey Kid, and the first yes. episode was seen by 55 million people in China, you know? And yeah. it's like, I'll tell people that, and they'll go, oh, and they'll go, oh, I write the Flash comics. Like, what? You know, <laughs> like, it's the reaction is so disparate compared to the viewing audience. It's interesting. But I love it. I get it, because I love comics. You know, it's a special part yeah. of our heart. Fandoms are intense. Yeah. If, if there's one thing that we've learned over the years, especially with the advent of Twitter, that's that ah, fandoms are very intense. I'm so glad they didn't have Twitter when I was a kid. I got so I was so mad at so many things. Um, when they, I, I thought I was going to storm the gates of Fox when they canceled Angel. I was so mad. Oh yeah, uh, you know. And the same thing with like tons of shows that I watched growing up. Yeah, when I grew up, it just disappeared. There was no recourse. At least now you yep. can, you can voice your anger. For better or for worse. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So you mentioned that you wrote for Green Lantern, the animated series, a beloved show. Yeah. Like people, right. I have never heard a single person say anything bad oh. about that show, myself included. I love that show to death. It's a great show. And it's like weirdly emotional. Yes. And um, and the writers on that show, whether it was Jim or Ernie Altbacker, Giancarlo was one of the producers on it. And, and there was so many incredible writers on it. And what's so funny is people are discovering it more now because it's been, yep. I think it's on HBO Max. Yeah. And um, and they're just like, wait, what? Like, you know, I think at the time, maybe the art style, the CGI version of Bruce Tim stuff. It was too different yeah. or whatever. But man, it's great. It's so good. It's so it's... heart wrenching. And and they would find Jim especially would find so much glee in like, let's turn the knife here and make people really, yes. you know, I, I, uh, and razor and that Iron whole razor. Oh, yeah. So good. And it still has one of my favorite portrayals of guy Gardner. Oh my Just gosh. So good. It's so good. And it was so not the version I had in my head. Yes. And yet it fit perfectly. Yeah. It was fantastic. And then going from that to, like you mentioned, one of my, f two of my favorite, animated films that dc has done soul of the dragon which oh, was incredible yeah. and then i've gushed about it before when we had her on the podcast but alongside friend of the pod megan fitzmartin yeah jsa yeah world war ii yeah. i we we spent probably too long in the I interview we it. had with her just talking about because i love the jsa yeah. Yeah. i am obsessed and that movie was so good and the two of you together yeah. did such a great job i guess kind of reintroducing that team to like yeah a newer audience. Too. Yeah. I don't know the last time that they had ever had GSA in animated form, but that was, we felt very fortunate to be able to do that. It was fun working with Megan and the soul of the dragon was a dream come true because I had, yeah. I hadn't really worked with Bruce. I had kind of had some, some interaction with him. And right. then, um, he, uh, you know, it, it was right away. Cause I, I'm, I'm very enthusiastic and earnest, <laughs> uh we start talking about something and i start talking about a chuck norris movie and he was just like what you know and <laughs> and then suddenly we just 
and we just hit it off. So it would, it'd be Jim, Bruce, and I in a room, and there'd be like a three-hour meeting, and maybe a half an hour of it would be about the movie. And then the rest <laughs> of it would be us talking about really peculiar books or movies or whatever. That's awesome. And it was great. It was great. And uh, it was it was fantastic. To, to It was great. And then uh, that's so cool. Then I helped them develop uh, some other stuff later that that I it, it, it's great. So, yeah, Soul of the Dragon was one of those things where it was just it, it scratched an itch for me because I love DC martial arts and, and to have it in the 70s was really yes. fun. And, um, and then, you know, listen, I like I said, Mortal Kombat, I just did the Super Sons movie, which I think is yes. one of my favorite things it's I've done. too. Wonderful. Thank really, you. really fun. And I mean, just like with uh, Green Lantern doing that kind of CG yeah. animated style, it very much sets it apart from a lot of DC's other yeah. animated offerings just from that art style. Too. Yeah. Rick Morales, who's the producer on that. And for people that don't know in animation, usually consulting producer or producer, they're kind of like the actual director in terms of yeah. what you think. They're the ones who are putting the score. Together. They're putting everything together by the end of it. And uh, we've worked on probably 10 movies at this point. And he, he really knows what he's doing, especially when it comes to CGI. So it looks, <clears throat> that was the plan. He always wanted to do it CGI. And we never thought they would let us do it, but they really, it. yeah. Uh, because it's a little more expensive. And, oh, uh, and our hope was that it did well enough that they'd let us do a sequel. Um, but they don't tell us those numbers. I hope it did well. Of course not. <laughs> Everybody seems to love it. So that's that's always an encouraging thing. Absolutely. So now turning to The Flash, you you basically, at this point, since you said you started with uh, Green Lantern back in 2013, yeah. you've been writing with DC characters yeah. for at least a decade yeah. at this point. So do you has there been any difference or any change in how you handle characters in the DC sandbox over the last 10 years? No, I, um, because I grew up with them, you know, grew up with Marvel and DC generally. So they're kind of, I think I have a definitive view of the characters, um, at at least the way I want to write those characters, you know? Um, right. And I think what I'm more conscious of is that, I try not to go, I try, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I try <laughs> not to go over ground that's already been, tre- you know, trodden. Like I try to do something a little different with them when I do right. what, whatever they are. I want to take the core of the character, like say it's Wally West. I want to take the core of the character, but I really want to solidify the family angle, which was a huge yes. part of the character, but also put a lot more emphasis on those other family characters. Like I started very slowly with Wally and it was, it was, it was also about me getting to know Wally and Wally is a dad with two kids. I'm a dad with two kids. So it was fairly easy, uh, a leap. He's also incredibly joyful and hopeful. And that, that I felt was pretty easy. So, so putting him in situations in which it should be dire, but he's going to crack a dad joke was great. <laughs> um, but then it was quickly, I wanted to look at the kids and I wanted to see what are those kids like? And, and, right. and then Linda and then Ace. And then you could see me building out these other characters because I think they're interesting. And I think Wally doesn't, it's not just Wally. It's all the other characters around him that are really interesting. And there's so much story to tell. I mean, then it became like, oh my gosh, uh liberty bell and like all these characters out there or you know jesse quick and i'm just like oh man this is there's so many cool characters in this universe that i get to not just touch upon but like 
really get to explore something with what, what you know, with the the kids, you know, I, I felt like I got to explore a lot, whether it was Ira or um, Jay, when Jay is going to go try to rescue his, his sister, yeah. um, you get to know who those characters are. And then when Wally, you know, convinces Ace to ditch uh, school, you know, that's, that's yep. such a huge, huge <laughs> moment for, I think, Wallace as a character, because it's absolutely like, we get to really peer into his his head and, and also Wally's philosophy about being the boots on the ground for the flash, you know, and anyways, I try to find those little angles and those little nuanced emotional nuances. And in the meantime, just have a lot of fun while we're doing it, because I like I like picking up a book when I was a kid. You know, it was like the JLI was huge for me. New yep. Warriors was huge for me. Um, you know, I I picked up a lot of fun books, but then I pick up books like X Men and, and stuff that be like, oh man, this is intense. You know, so I'm trying yeah. to I'm trying to put a little bit of all of it in there. But I, you know, I'm like I could write a billion of these. You just give me more. Yeah. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> so then, since you were a fan of of comics growing up and of yeah. these characters, do you remember how you were introduced to the flash? And did you have any favorite flash stories growing up? That's interesting. Um, I don't, I imagine the way that I was introduced to the flash is like a lot of people my age, which is like super friends, you know? Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, super friends slash superpowers a little later on. Uh, yeah. Uh, my dad was a comic book artist and um, for a little bit, he didn't do very many, but, but so comics were, very early on i was definitely more of a spider-man batman guy um Mm. and the flash i'm trying to remember but i didn't really pick up flash books until much later and they must have been the wade run and i picked them up i think everybody picked up uh when wally took over for a little bit absolutely but i grew up in a town that didn't have a comic book store they did for like six months one time and then it folded, but, but um, oh, no. it, it was, just, it was always like comics were on spinner rack. <clears throat> so flash yeah. wasn't really the, the, the hero that I was invested in. But then over the years, I just, because I found, I also found him incredibly difficult. Uh, I always thought, gosh, he can run so fast. So, so how hard is it? You know, I think should, yeah. uh, you know, and then as I got older and then even like my, one of my first Lego projects was, the Lego flash movie and, uh, right. and really starting to think about the flash. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think, I remember, I, I would read justice league Europe and Wally was the character in there. And that might've been one of the first times that I, I thought about Wally, but I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that's not true because there's some teen Titans stuff with Wally prior yeah. that I would, I probably, it's been a long time, but you know, <laughs> when you're just reading comics, you're just like, next, next, you know, I'm just blowing through yep. comics. The assembly line. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know exactly, but it'd have to be like Teen Titans in, in my brain somewhere. For sure. Yeah. And and I think that for a lot of people who've been reading them for a long time, that was probably, they, they either were introduced to Wally in the Teen Titans or he was already the Flash by the right. time that they started reading comics. Well, and, and, and Justice League Unlimited, the cartoon series was such a huge absolutely um, focal point for Wally and, and the way people looked at him. And that I definitely obviously took some cues from that, but but when I got the assignment to write the Flash, there was, I was, I was doing deep dives. I was really trying to grab a hold of 800 issues, almost 800 issues of mythology. And the yeah. continuity was so sketchy. I think it probably is still 
you know, yeah. in terms of like what actually sure. happened, what didn't happen, which reboot are yep. we on, how, and, and the way that I look at it, and I've talked about it even in the last issue, 789 prior to 790, is that my feeling is that speedsters, especially people that are kind of like high level speed force conduit people, they're, they are kind of like the paradox that is like reverse flash in a way. It's like, I think they can hold multiple continuities in their head, especially somebody like yes. with Wally. I think he's experienced it all. And not only that, he kind of like stitched the cosmos back together. So there's a yeah. lot he has, but because he's been through so much trauma too, and so much uh, sadness, he has this internal empathy that he can kind of, that, that, that kind of like guards him from completely going nuts, you know? Yeah. And I think that was on full display. I, th- I, the first, obviously like you hit the ground running right away with right. him, you know, jumping from right. the speedster to speedster yeah, in that yeah. first arc. But I think that empathy that you're talking about and that understanding really hit me in the, uh, the heat wave issue. Right. Where, I mean, what a gut punch. Right. When you find out what's been going on with him and Wally immediately is just like, I don't want to like punch you, man. Right. I want to understand you. I want to help you out. And that's kind of, at least for me, that's always been something that I've loved about the character yeah. and you putting him kind of back in the spotlight as that flash starting in, what was it? 768. Yeah. Um, what was that like for you? Like getting to, cause up till that point, you know, since the new 52, Barry's been the guy. Yeah. And so while he's been on an odyssey of his own during rebirth. So what was your, like, what was your vision for him being the lead again and, what do you think makes him like unique amongst the other flashes? Cause there's been a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to, I try to remember, but <clears throat> I think the man, the first mandate was that Wally was going to come back mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, if Wally's coming back, then we need to address the elephant in the room, which is the first <laughs> moment, you know, yeah. and really retcon that in a way that is meaningful to me. Cause I'm just the writer. I'm just the fanboy that got the pin. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so, you know, it, again, it was in that deep dive and thinking about Wally and thinking about <clears throat> what sets him apart. And it is, it's that empathy and heart that he has. He has an irrepressible hope. He's the key. This is the thing about Wally that I think is so great. He might be the most stable and human superhero in the DC universe. He's the only one that seems to be progressing. Yes. He has, he's married. He has kids. He has a family. He has a job. These things are happening. And around him, the Teen Titans, they don't got none of that. You know, know, Roy technically has a kid, obviously, but, but, you know, obviously that's a dysfunctional thing going on there. Yes. uh, Wally is the guy that is now, and and even at the beginning of 790, the beginning of One Minute War, you have this moment with Iris and Barry where Iris is like, you're protege has got kids like your protege is doing this thing. And what are we doing? And so, so it is interesting because he was this adolescent hero. This is all he'd ever wanted to be. And he got these powers. And then after his, his mentor dies, he ends up becoming the flash of the justice league. And he's the flash. He's hanging around with these people that his mentor hang hung around that probably look at him as a kid. But if you pull back and you give it a thousand foot view, he might be m- more mature than everybody else to, yes. to maintain yeah. a, a, a familial relationship with a, a, you know, with the the woman he loves and having two kids, two kids, almost three, you know, it's like, yeah. 
That's a lot. And there's no, I don't know of a single other character that's been able to do some of that. I think that's why I like bringing Maxine animal man's uh, kid in there because he does. Yeah. But he just went through, you know, that last series of animal is so dark and it's, it's great. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the red and stuff. And I would have loved to explore kind of that, but I love bringing Maxine in and, um, and there is that kind of family dynamic uh, that I wanted to play, but that's why I feel like he's different. And he, and he potentially is this, not only with the universal knowledge that he probably has on his, in his head, but he's also one, or if not the most powerful being, I mean, if you can move closer to the speed of light and everything can slow down, who's going to stop you? Number yeah. one. And number two, um, you know, mass equals force, you know, or, you know, force equals mass times acceleration. So infinite acceleration. What are you? That infinite mass punch. You know, man. I'm yeah. just saying like he's, he's incredibly powerful. And now, and now I've, I've already, it's not surprise, but it would, even in when we did the dark crisis tie-ins, the idea that the speedsters can tr- use the speed force to traverse time and space, sort of like a Stargate yeah. in a way, is a new Absolutely. wrinkle to it. So it's like, well, maybe Earth isn't the only patrol area these guys are destined to have, you know? Yes. Well, and I and I think coming from a, a child who parents had two children, I think anybody, any superhero who can last through two kids <laughs> obviously is in top yeah, tier totally. when it comes to power totally. scaling. Totally, yeah. <laughs> like it's we're, we're we're troublemakers yeah. is is what I'll say, but um but you mentioned like having having a family was an important part of this book and obviously your family man how yeah. important was it to have that family aspect especially because again hasn't really been a factor yeah since the new fifty two and they've been kind of slowly piecing it back together since rebirth and especially with you know like you mentioned heroes in crisis and yeah. then you know flash forward and bringing his family back. How on a, I guess on a scale of one to 10, how important is the family aspect to your book? I, you know, it might be the 10. I mean, it's, it's, nice. the, most, it's <laughs> the most important thing. I mean, because especially even with flash fans, I think what, what everybody gravitates to, it's not just Linda, the kids and Wally. That's a huge right. component of it. That's, that's the core of his family, but there's the flash family at, at large. And Absolutely. it's something that the bat group does really, really well which yeah. is have this bat family and the little pieces of it. And they're all spiraling. And I'm, <clears throat> my job, or at least one of the jobs I think I have is to make people interested in these other speedster characters in such a way that they'd want to see an ACE book or whatever. <clears throat> they'd want to see these other characters that they have a distinct enough personality that you're like, Oh, I really like that person. I could follow them. And that used to be the case. It used to be flash. There'd be impulse, you know, there, there were other, characters that would have a, a a little bit of a run um and i just feel like the family aspect and i i think it's culminating in the one minute war because that is definitely all about the speedsters and those all those direct that, connections yeah. with each other but the nuclear family of wally linda and those two kids it's the thing the worst thing that's ever happened to wally and the greatest thing that's ever happened to wally is to lose that family and then to get it back and so that is the nucleus of who he is and that's where he operates and so in that though in my first arc there's that moment where he has to sit down with his daughter yep. and you know she Oof. and and you know she says like you taught me to be a hero like there's a certain immense sense of mission and priority that Wally has like I don't have to protect them as much as I have to train them 
And uh, that's that's super hard for me as a parent because I just want to hover over my kids and make sure they're okay all the time. Versus, <laughs> no, I got to prepare you for this world, especially if you have powers, you know? And um, so, yeah, it's become the catalyst and obviously a huge, if not the biggest piece of the book <laughs> is that that familial relationship. And <clears throat> a very kind of fantastic for as we're getting closer. Absolutely. That is, and I enjoy it. That's something I, I've noticed for yeah, sure. Yeah. And I think, especially when you also factor in the, the super sons of it all, yeah. like a, f- a family dynamic and like training your child, not yes. just to fight crime, but also to deal with like the world at right. large has been a big part. And that's something that I've, I'm always interested and always excited about when I hear that you're on a title. It's like, okay, that's let, let's get this, let's get this in there. Yeah. Well, I always, I always, there always has to be a little bit of a phil- philosophical bent and like talking about, you know, something like so, something about hope or, or something like, what does it mean? You know, whether it's, yeah whether it's, uh, you know, mayor wolf, you know, doing the biddings of the Lord of order. And it's like, you know, there's no, I always, I heard this phrase that, a, a, you know, a weakness is a strength out of balance on the whole of it. Order sounds like a really great idea, but when order becomes so overbearing, then, then maybe it's not, you know, maybe because it yeah. tips over into authoritarianism or something or, and Wally is kind of like, well, no, I believe in hope and, and hope is derived from looking at the best in people and, and, and letting them make those decisions. And, and, um, and so, you know, there's a lot of weird, strange philosophy and some of it I agree with and some of it I don't <laughs> agree with. It just depends on who I'm writing, but I want to make yeah. it compelling uh, regardless. And then, you know, the, the nerd in me is just having fun getting to add little facets to people's personalities. One of the things that originally I tried to get Ted Cord to be the guy that, that hired Wally and they said, oh, you can't use Ted, um, you know, who do, who else? I said, I don't know, you know, maybe Mr. Terrific. And it was like, great. So then it was like, who is Mr. Terrific to me? And in my mind, he's always been very Vulcan. He's been very emotionless. And mm. so then I was like, but what if I made him Buckaroo Banzai? What if I made him this guy that he has some swagger and he also has like a thousand other businesses. And that's kind of the, one of the running <laughs> gags in the flash. It's like, Oh, those potato chips are for Mr. Terrific. And, yes. and that's from Mr. And he has a Jiffy lube and he has like, he has all these things because it's, it's feeding his empire so he can keep doing his science stuff. And I love that. And he's become this little like part of the family in a way, you know, and a character right. that let me use that. I've had a lot of fun, uh, you know, playing with on the side. Well, and and speaking of that Flash family, like your your run has brought back to prominence my favorite Flash. Tell me, it's Jay Garrick. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jay Garrick. Uh, he's he's a regular presence. He's shown up all over the place, and now he's going to be showing up again for One Minute War. Yeah. My question for you: Now that you've written Jay both for animation and JSA World War Two yeah. and in comics, are you prepared to say that Jay is the best Flash? <laughs> uh uh, inquiring minds want to know. No, inquiring I, minds be me. I, I like them all evenly. Uh, <laughs> you are a parent. Yeah, you are a parent. I really like Jay. Um, the way that I write him is like my grandfather, um, who was a World War II vet, but yeah. he was like the greatest human being that I know. And awesome. Jay is one of those people I'd really like to have more time with um, because, again, he's him and max have a lot of similarities in terms of like people being max is different because he's leapt forward in time and 
Right. And um, there's some other, you know, stuff going on with Max. But like Jay is somebody that's been fighting, fighting the good forever for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And he has all these adventures with JSA and stuff. And I always, I also want, I always want to be cognizant of what has gone before me too, especially yeah. with somebody like Barry. I want to make sure that, um, you know, Josh, Josh spent a hundred issues basically writing yeah. Barry. And so there's, there's a weird sense of me. That's like, Oh, he's Barry. That's that Josh owns Barry, you know, and we're like, <laughs> it's not true, but it, it feels like it sometimes. And, uh, and then, you know, I met, I met Mark, we've had lunch a couple times with Mark Wade and it was such a that's funny so thing cool. because he was, he was doing a signing at a comic book store in Santa Monica. And I just saw it on my Twitter feed and I like grabbed my keys and like, honey, I gotta go. <laughs> you know, and I ran out and I went to the comic store. I was like, hi, Mr. Wade. You know, yeah. And he was like, Oh, I love, I love what you're doing on the book. I'm like, Oh, really? You know? And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, he was nice enough to get lunch with me a couple of times. A super, super sweet guy. That's awesome. And, um, and to hear that he likes the book is like such a stamp of approval, you know? Right. And, uh, and, and, but, but, uh, all that to say, I've been, I've been finding myself falling in love with different characters in the flash and then like putting my attention on them in ways. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know, like I said, the, the, like the trio of kids, I'm like, Oh man, who yeah. could have added this? You know, like uh, I want <laughs> to be a little super group. And, so they're, they're, they're their own little, their own little power pack yeah, over there. Right. That's absolutely right. And I already have, I, and, and, and I had a plan to add a couple more and um, sometimes it's me just seeing what I can get away with and uh, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just do it and see what happens. I mean, and now that the multiverse is back, I mean, there's, there's kind of like, well, there's room. I can, I can, absolutely. I can, I can choose. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, you can't use that character. It's a different character, different timeline, That's- <laughs> different universe. Don't worry about it. It's it's the uh, it's the question Rorschach situation where it's like he's he's close enough, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. just <laughs> enough to be legally okay. Yeah. But so you and I mean, in that respect, you've been taking some really big swings yeah. with the book, which I've really enjoyed. Whether it's that choose your own adventure, Doctor yeah. Fate yeah. issue, which I absolutely adored when I, when I saw the synopsis for that, I was like, this is the wildest thing because <laughs> we don't see that all the time. Yeah, and we also had obviously. We met. We uh, talked about this when we met at LA Comic Con. Yep. The pro wrestling issue, yeah, seven eighty seven. Yeah, huge pro wrestling fan. Oh man, I've last week we did a whole episode on uh, just reviewing Wrestle Kingdom. And That's we awesome. Did. It's it was so. It's always gratifying for me when I see pro wrestling pop up in my comic books. Yeah, and just seeing that issue was just bonkers because you don't yeah. see that yeah. a lot. Yeah. That was, uh, again, it was something that I, I feel like I got away with something. And I, I made a, like, <laughs> over my shoulder over my shoulder back there, I have a custom uh, wrestling belt made. For oh, that's so cool. Shade. This is so stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I got to see this. Because I was like, I was like, um, I was, I don't know if you saw the promo I put out. I sure did. Yeah. And I was like, I want to, I'll, I'll get my head kicked in by some, you know, wrestler. <laughs> But like that's the that's yes. the, the, the oh man it's got the whole uh and on the side it has like uh you know uh whosoever wears this belt is granted powers beyond that of a normal pro <laughs> and on the other side it says uh powers may include cosmic elbow tiberius punch the pull weed and the bam slam oh um, my god 
And so I had so much fun putting them oh, together. So and, cool. and like, to me, they've given me this opportunity to write comics and I'm just going to try to have as much fun as I possibly can. And, and, and developing a, a group of intergalactic space wrestlers that, you know, show up on planets <laughs> right before an apocalyptic event is hilarious. And, uh, you know, uh, so I, I can't wait to revisit them because I, I, Yes. I love Omega Band Man and some of the other characters. And, Omega and Man. I'm just like, man, come on. And it was funny because I was like, oh, what should his name be? And I was going to call him Agamemnon. And I thought, oh, that's been done to death. I go, but, yeah. you know, Agamemnon. I was like, what if you put that through a translator micro? <laughs> Omega Band Man. Yeah, okay. It's close enough. You Omega know, it's so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, he's. I mean, he he does have the name Omega, so he's got to drop that one winged angel at some point. <laughs> That's in the right. Comics. That's right. He's got to. That's he's got right. to. No, totally, totally. No, but yeah, I, and I, it's. I had so much fun. And it's such a fun concept too, and the uh, the whole idea of like, okay, we're going to use this planet that's about to go through this apocalypse so that we don't have to worry about cleanup yeah, afterwards. Yeah. It's it's also, and you mentioned it before, and I'm so glad you did. You met it's a very Doctor Who concept. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. <laughs> and I again, huge Doctor Who fan. Like I have finally just got caught up on the most recent season into the regeneration yeah. recently, and I mean. Who else but Jeremy Adams would think of combining pro wrestling with Doctor Who? Like, oh my gosh, it, it's well, magic! I had such a fun time doing it, and and it's been like it was so silly, and I loved <laughs> it. And I, but that's half of what I am is just being silly, and um, and the way that I designed the Flash in terms of what I was doing is like I would do like a two to three issue kind of like arc, and then I would do a couple mm-hmm. one offs to bring people right. on because the reality is that. Um, you know, because it was never renumbered or because, uh, you know, people aren't, uh, you know, DC's gone through a bunch of upheavals. It's like most, a lot of people don't even know Wally's back, which is, yeah. is, is such an interesting, you know, piece of it. So. Absolutely. And I mean, I, th- I think having those little issues, because the, the old adage is always like every comic is someone's first comic right. and like bringing on. I think it's such a great, it's, it's also very TV of you as well. It's like, okay, it's these three issues yeah, yeah, yeah. and a couple, couple one-offs. And then we go back to three issues. Yep. Uh, and, and I love the format of that. And it makes it very new reader friendly. Yeah. As and, well. and that was always the way in, like you said, television, like X-Files or Buffy or whatever, like yep. that was, that was an easy way when you, we didn't have, you know, DVRs or streaming, it was like, you would jump into a show and you're like, I don't know what this show is about, you, <laughs> you know, and you needed an on-ramps. And so yeah. that's what I try to do. And I also try to make it the stakes high enough and fun enough that it still felt like an adventure, but also my kid could read it and not get in trouble, you know? Yeah. So, so speaking of stakes, stakes being high, yeah. one minute war, yeah. let's talk about it. Oh my. Uh, Full full spoiler warning for issue one, issue one, issue seven ninety has come out. So chapter one of One Minute War is behind us as of this recording. Um, so let's talk about this. This is a big swing from you. Yeah. You've done obviously you've had arcs, you had the Eclipso War, which was also you're going from war to war here. It's very Jay Garrick in that way. Yeah. But um what was your general pitch for one minute war? Where did the concept of like a 60 minute conflict that no one else, but the speedsters can deal with come from the, the, the pitch came from them rejecting an, an idea I had oh, really? on the flash. That was really maudlin. I won't tell you what it is because I'm going to, I'm going to do a variation of it, but they were Hell so yeah. like you, 
you can't do that. And I was like, no, it'd be great. You know? And, uh, Interesting. and, and it, it involved an issue where Wally knew if he slowed down, he couldn't fix something that had happened. And he knew that if he slowed down, it was going to happen. And, um, oh, and it was really dark. And, um, but as with everything with me, it's dark before the dawn, you know, in a way. So, right. So it was like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, oh, but in that moment I was like, but you know what? Like <laughs> there's something interesting there. There's something interesting yeah. in the fact that speedsters move so fast and everything slows down around them. And then it just clicked <clears throat> as far as like, you know, an alien invasion that takes 60 seconds of continuity. Um, but it, and it frees me as a writer because then it's like, of course, no one can get upset at me. Because, <laughs> you know, I because last a minute. seconds of continuity. It's not going to interrupt anything else. Anybody else is doing right now because it's 60 seconds, you know, so smart. And, um, and then just, just trying to build out well, what are those villains and, and what do they want? And what's great is you, you have a taste of it, obviously in seven ninety, um, in the, the one minute war one shot one shot that comes out it's like a 40 pager the first the first 10 pages of fernando draws and it is spectacular and it also gives you kind of the origin story on the fraction which will be um, i think will be very additive for people that want to read the book and find out more about what's going on um so that's that's been really fun uh and, and for me it's a little it's a bigger swing because obviously the stakes are raised. It's a war, so there are yeah. casualties. Um, there are, uh, you know, it's it's a big cast of characters that I'm working with. Yes, and I'm trying to give everybody their moment and yeah. make it organic, not just like shoved in there, so that right. there's going to be a lot of people that are just reading the Flash for the first time and they may not know who Bart is or Ace is and setting up a dynamic between them that's almost competitive and a little snarky yes. is really fun because I, it, it took me in it, the 790, 792 is a really great episode centered around those two um, yeah. where we get to find more about, find out more about them. And then, yeah, it's, 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 you know, without spoiling too much, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's kind of an interesting concept. I think part of what's interesting about something like the flash is trying to find things that maybe haven't been done or yeah. variations on how it's been done so that it feels fresh and new. And, and I have no idea if it's going to, every time I put out a book, I have <laughs> no idea. I'm just constantly believe no one's going to read it or they're going to hate it um, just because of the internet. And uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> me, sometimes, sometimes I'm like, I hope this is good. I don't know. You know, and I'm just putting it out there. And with the one minute war, I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, I really, can I have one more book to finish? And they're like, no. I'm like, you know, they actually did give me one more book, but like I needed a couple more pages at the end. I was like, please, you know, and no, you get nothing. And I'm like, uh. And so I, <laughs> Good day, sir. Yeah. So I think for people that follow the Flash, uh, or I should say people that are just jumping on, they're going to be able to see these characters and have this cool adventure war thing that goes on. For those that have been following my run from the beginning, there's going to be some stuff that is answered. That I oh, have, hell yeah. I have uh, planted a long time ago, which will be great, and stuff that I've I've really wanted to I've been I've been trying to get through for a long time, and that's awesome. And, and so I'm so I'm super excited. 
I'm su- I, this is my first time doing like, obviously I did a tie in with dark crisis. Right. This is my first, like, and it's peculiar because it just takes place in the flash comic, but it is kind of an event that just, it feels big time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think it does feel bigger. I feel it does feel bigger. I don't know. I I'm like, also like your expectations are too high. Everyone It's yeah. just a, it's just a book, but the fact that it's coming out twice a month really helps. Yeah. Really helps. Because otherwise, uh, you know, having to wait six months for the end would just be, just be hard for everyone. Well, and and I think that also, like in a kind of meta way, helps to push the fact that it's like, oh, this is taking place in a very small amount of yeah. time. Well, like, so yeah. like, yeah, like every book is supposed to be ten seconds. I mean, this book is kind of like the setup. So, you know, every book after is basically like 10 seconds leading up to the 60, you know, and that was kind of how I wanted to do it. Um, uh, So I don't know. I don't know, man. (laughs) Well, and and, and it's so cool, too, because like you said, you are bringing everybody together. I loved the young gun uh, rivalry that's established with uh, with Bart and Ace. I was I will say I was I remember being really thrown off with the Wallace Ace thing immediately, yeah, sure. immediately when it happened. Sure. But at this point, like I've just settled into it. Like, yeah, he's Ace. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's, it's fun to see them kind of bickering in that right. very much like Top Gun way right. where it's like, ah, oh, you know, we're, we're the fastest pilot. No, I'm the fastest yeah, yeah, yeah. pilot. Well, that, so, yeah, that was, again, that's me trying to like mind something. Cause I don't think they've really had interactions yeah. prior. They no, very, not really. Very little. And it's been all in events. Yeah. So like having something like even in the dark crisis event, Bart wasn't there. He was doing, he was on dark crisis of justice. So right. able for me to be able to play with impulse a little bit and who impulse is in my mind. Yes. Right? Um, uh, has been fun, but also again, I, th- I think looking at what is, what is it that fans are talking about? What is it I'm talking about in terms of, you know, Wallace showed up. And Wallace was like, he was supposed to be Wally West in a way. Yes. And so trying to differentiate that. And there's a lot of mystery behind his, his background that yeah. we haven't even talked about yet. But he's there. Wally's there. <clears throat> I wanted to, you know, why didn't Barry, why hasn't Barry reached out to him? That was why that whole issue. It's like Ace going like, yeah. and, and Wally talking to him yeah. so that you were, were confronting the questions that people have right away. And the same thing with Bart and ace it's kind of like they're both kind of like that protege age yeah and so there's going to be some rivalry but i think that like you said the top gun of it is like there's a little bit of rivalry but but there's a little bit of um hopefully we'll see a camaraderie hopefully come out of that absolutely Well, I mean, and it's very intensely child syndrome as well, because they're not even the babies anymore, because we've got Ira and Jay. So, like, it's it's going to be fun. And I'm I'm also really excited to see the the power dynamic with Barry and Wally, because this is the first time that they're really getting together since Wally took over the book. Yeah, he's I mean, been yeah, off doing multiversal stuff. I mean, obviously, Barry's going to be in mourning for a bit, so we'll see. Right, absolutely. I'm, I'm really... Let's just talk about it because we did talk about spoilers. We gave the yeah. spoiler tag. That ending to yeah. chapter one. Yeah. First off, I love the, you mentioned it earlier, the dynamic switch yeah. of like, now Barry's kind of the screw up who's stalling on his relationship and not moving forward. And then the attack happens. Right. The fraction comes in. 
uh, with their giant looking like a Beyblade attack right. thing, which I love. Right. And Iris is, I, who knows, seemingly yeah. killed? Who knows yeah. what's going to happen? Right. Uh, what was that like for you putting that in? Did you know immediately, like, this is going to be the first episode cliffhanger? Yeah. Like, we got to start with this. Yeah. No, I knew. I knew. I always think about the moment I was showing my wife, Angel, and there's a moment where, for those that are fans, Winifred Burkle and uh, uh, Wesley Wyndham Price get together and it's like, oh, everything's great. And then suddenly she <laughs> pops up blood and she falls down. And it's like, this is terrible. I mean, I remember her, my wife just yelling like, no, like it's so upset. <laughs> and, um, and so these are the starts of the little arcs that these characters have. And yeah. obviously the way it is in continuity now, after talking to a bunch of people were, was that Iris and Barry remember being married yeah, in some way, whatever. But legally, remembering is not, not the same as, <laughs> you know, actually being married. And I think right. there's like, it's a little bit of unspoken maybe. And like, you know, it's very, it's very hard. So I wanted to definitively be like her go because that's who Iris is. She's the no nonsense reporter. She's just, of like, course, Where, what are we doing? You know, and, and the funny thing is, if you follow everything that I've written um, in the uh, Dark Crisis War Zone, there's this yeah. conversation that Linda and 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 uh, Iris have on the battlefield about, you know, it's it's just a lead into this book. Yeah. And, um, and so she's, you know, here, I'm proposing, you know, and and then all this stuff just hits right then. And um, yeah, it's terribly dark and bleak. Um, and I think that's where some of the best emotion comes from. And it 100%. definitely, I'm, I'm sure people will be mad. Um, but just read the book, you know, Absolutely. And, then, and then you can kill me. Uh, <laughs> not really. Please don't. Um, <laughs> Comic book fans not being yeah. reactionary. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've I never heard of the thing. I know. I know. But, <laughs> but I think I also am very well aware that at this point, I think people have a lot of trust in me. And um, Absolutely. I don't take that trust lightly and I'm not going to squander it. I just want to tell a really good story and I want there to be compelling, dramatic moments, you know, and, and really interesting things happening and to get you to go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened because um, yeah. you know, it did. And it's uh, you know, and, and, <laughs> and we'll see what that means later on. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's a hell of a way to start Barry's yeah. arc off in this. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see if there's any friction between Barry and Wally because that's that's always been whenever you get them there it's always either their best friends or their rivals and it's like I'm I'm really excited for you to thread the needle and see where where you lead in that direction too yeah I I think because I mean what you can look forward to is because Wally is a person of empathy not only has his aunt died but or potentially died oh yeah <laughs> uh, Barry's <laughs> you know potential love interest you know, it's like, I think there's going to be kids club, but I also think that there's going to be some moments of friction in terms of, you're not the only person that's mourning here, you know? Right. So, but at the same time, how much can they talk about that in the midst of the world being 60 apart? seconds? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's 60 seconds of continuity for them. It's going to take weeks, you know? It, it, yeah. So that's, it's interesting. I I think that's one of the most exciting things for me about this is because like when I heard the first announcement, like one minute war, it's like, okay, cool. 
all this is going to happen continuity wise in 60 seconds but then my mind started going like but how long is it for them how long is this how long are they going to be at this yeah and again very doctor who in the yeah. time war yeah. where it's like we don't know how long this was going on yeah. for it was a long time yeah. it was a short time who knows yeah. Yeah. but uh yeah i'm i'm very excited i will ask as we're rounding out here do you have any hints for what we can expect for one minute war and then for the flash beyond in 2023 um so the only hints i can tell you is that <clears throat> Oh, this is tough. Like, I'm trying to think of something good. Like, <laughs> I there are going to be a lot of payoffs of things that have happened in the other Flash, the the Flash up till now, um, mm-hmm. which which I think is important, especially for fans that have followed along. Um, I also think that <clears throat> there's going to be some haha along the way, and also good. some more heartbreak, and. Um, and I think there's going to be some really cool, like, fist pumping, like, yes, you know, moments. Hell yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think that after this, I think that things have changed for a lot of the Flash family. And, um, and we'll see how that takes shape in the coming year. Well, <laughs> well I think, like you said, like, the, the best part of wally is that he continues to move forward yes. he's one of the only characters i mean he is he is what peter parker wishes he could be <laughs> with the with the amount of what he's able to do and how right. much he's able to grow along his personal journey right. and it's you know it, it it's that whole that that squidward spongebob meme where peter parker's like looking out the window yeah. as wally's just dancing around with yeah. his family yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh it's it's really exciting and bringing in the other flash like i'm really excited to see what avery ho does if she, if she pops out because i'm as an asian american fan having having like an asian flash like i mean first off just the i'm, I'm a i'm a big keenan Kong guy so that i'm like this is my year but i'm i'm excited to I love that you what everybody she does. has to have something. She's doing something in this. Maybe. Who knows? Who's to say? Yeah. I think you you know, we we got that book that big like spread coming out of uh out of Dark Crisis of like the different characters yeah. with their color coded. And Avery was there. Yeah. So I'm I fingers crossed for me. So fingers crossed. It's one of those things, uh one of those characters that like I came upon later, obviously, because Williamson created her. Right. And, um um, not to spoil anything, but I, if you, you should check out the one shot. Uh, yes. But also, uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. We can, nice. We're, okay. We're, that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm excited. That makes me even more excited to grab, grab that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the one shot that... is four stories that take place in and around um the one minute war so it'll be interesting hell yeah that's awesome well obviously thank you so much for coming on the show it's been amazing getting to chat with you thank you uh we 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 could i could talk to you about pro wrestling and doctor who for hours (laughs) but it's very it's very rainy out here in la right now and i am fighting against my power getting shut off so i'm gonna let you uh wrap this whole thing up here but uh if our listeners want to continue to follow up with you how can they uh how can they space kicker on twitter you know the best way space kicker on twitter hell yeah well 
everyone keep your eyes peeled for one minute war it is going to shake things up i'm very excited if, if that first chapter has any is any indication of what we've got in store this is going to be an all-timer for sure so thank you again <laughs> uh for coming on the show and uh appreciate you and yeah. appreciate you taking the time thank you Ooh, welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown! This is the segment of our show where I'll be chatting you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week, whether it's at your local comic book shop, a comicsology, or however you get your comics, these are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. But before we get into this week's books, we got to take a look back at last week's books with the Geek Explain Pick of the Week of last week. And since... I spent most of this episode already gushing about Flash uh, Flash 790 that is kicking off the whole One Minute War event. I'm going to set that to the side because it absolutely would have been one of, if not the picks of the week. And I am instead going to give the pick to Daredevil number 7 by Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. Uh We are ramping up here in the Daredevil book as we are on a collision course with the Punisher book book that is going on uh written by friend of the podcast jason aaron and um yeah lots of things are going on the final page of last week's daredevil issue just got me so hyped and i am just ah i'm so excited to see where they go from there but that is last week this week we've got 10 books for you to check out so let's go ahead and dive into this list kicking things off with batman one bad day bane number one this is written by joshua williamson with art by howard porter and this is of course continuing on the one bad day series which has not had a miss as of yet uh all of the one bad day one shots have been fantastic so far um i think for me, probably the strongest one is still uh, Mr. Freeze. The Riddler is like right there as well. Um, they are all fantastic, and I've been really enjoying this series, and I can't wait to pick up this one, because if you don't know, Bane is my favorite Batman rogue. He always has been. And I uh, I think it's pretty fitting that since we are, uh, since we mentioned pro wrestling a few times during the interview with, uh, with Jeremy, that uh, of course... We have our big boy Luchador himself making his debut into the One Bad Day series. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The Last Vengeance of Bane. A past, present, and future destroyed by Venom. Bane broke the bat. He's one of the only villains to ever truly vanquish the Dark Knight. But is that all he's ever accomplished? Decades from now, Bane is a washed-up wrestler, reliving his glory days in the ring, defeating someone dressed like Batman every day. But when he discovers that there's a new source of venom in the world, he'll do everything he can to shut down the facility it's coming from for good, and make sure that no one takes the poison that ruined his life. An epic saga set throughout Bane's life, expanding on the hopes, dreams, regrets, and failures of one of DC's most legendary villains. Brought to you by the iconic creative team of Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter. This sounds friggin' amazing. Uh, I if if they are able to pull this off, this might be my favorite one bad day. I am very excited uh, about this, and especially because Williamson and Porter have worked together so well before on the Flash title. So I'm really really stoked to pick this up. Next up, we have the new champion of Shazam number four. This is written by Josie Campbell with art by Evan Doc Shaner, and this is unfortunately the final issue of this series. 
Blaze. Uh, we do know that I believe starting next month, uh, Billy Batson will return as the uh, as the champion of Shazam once again, which makes me really sad because I really loved this series. I really love Mary as a character, and I think it made sense to have her taking the reins and give her more, get, just give her a more extended run with it, you know? But... I am happy with the books that we've gotten from this creative team on this character, and I can't wait to see how they wrap up this miniseries. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Chapter 4, The Last Battle of Mary. Darla is missing. While Mary was focusing on her duties as the new Shazam, her now powerless little sister struck out on her own to help solve the mystery of the missing persons in their city. Now it's up to our hero to find the true villain before everyone is lost for good. Little does she know, the key to saving the city awaits her at Fawcett Community College with her mysterious mentor, Dr. G. You won't want to miss this shocking finale. So yeah, I'm excited about this. I am sad that it's only four issues, but uh, yeah, that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Next up, we have Wasp number one. This is written by Al Ewing with art by uh, Kazia Nye. I apologize if I said that, if I pronounced that incorrectly, but uh, this is the response companion however you want to uh label it to the ant-man miniseries from last year that al ewing also helmed uh, i was a past present and future meeting of the minds uh doctor team up store multi-doctor who team up story uh from last year that i really really loved and i really enjoyed and i'm excited to see what they do with the wasp so let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis Fashion designer, businesswoman, founding Avenger, Janet Van Dyne has worn many hats over the course of her superheroic career. But when an old enemy threatens Janet and her fellow wasp, Nadia, seemingly against his will, the Van Dynes will have to confront the ghosts in their shared history to get to the bottom of the mystery. Join fan-favorite creators Al Ewing and Kazian Yi as they celebrate 60 years of the wasp. Now, I don't know if this is a miniseries as well or if this is just a one-shot. Um, either way, I'm very excited to pick this up. Next up, we have Lazarus Planet Assault on Krypton, number one. This is written uh, by Frank J. Barbier and Leah Williams, C.S. Picot, and Nicole Maines, with art by Sammy Basri, Vicente Cifuentes, uh, Scott Godlewski, Marguerite Sauvage, and Skylar Petridge. Uh, that is a murderer's row of great creative talent, and this is our first big tie-in to the Lazarus Planet event. Uh, there's a lot of stuff lot of balls rolling, a lot of plates spinning with this Lazarus Planet event. Uh, the first issue dropped last week as well. Great, great issue. Really does a great job setting the stage and also gave us a really fun spotlight on our boy Monkey Prince, which I really enjoyed. Um, but this one is seemingly going to give us the reason why uh, John Kent is Electric Blue Superman, seemingly according to the cover. So let's dive into the synopsis and find out what's going on. Gone Dark. With the world in chaos and Lazarus raining from the skies, the Earth's protectors from Krypton are hit hard. 
In this collection of epic vignettes from in and around Lazarus' planet, we'll see heroes transformed, secrets revealed, and power unleashed. Can Power Girl free herself from the out-of-control omen? Will Dreamer's visions guide our heroes to the path of victory? Can Mercy Graves survive the transformation she's undergone? And will Jonathan Kent ever be the same again? Uh, yeah. Lots of stuff they're trying to answer here. I don't know if this tie-in is a multi-parter. It's just, no, it just says one shot. So I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Uh, I'm excited to pick this up, though. Next up, we have another big tie-in. It's Dark Web X-Men number three. This is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Phil Noto and Rod Race. And, I mean, the Dark Web X-Men tie-ins have been great. I love seeing Maddie and all her power taking vengeance upon the Summers family. <laughs> Uh, so I've been really enjoying it. Can't wait to pick this up. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Trapped in the Dark Web When Jean Grey returned from the dead, Scott Summers left his wife and child to be with her. The fact that she was revealed to be a clone of Jean didn't make her feel any better. Maybe the cold sting of revenge can? Yeah, so by the way, I I looked up this past week because I was trying to look up like all the parts of Dark Web and when it was ending. And... To, I, I guess to the surprise of no one, if you have any lick of common sense, me just typing in dark web uh, into Google was not the best thing to type into your Google browser uh, because it came up with a lot of stuff that had nothing to do with the comic event. So uh, don't repeat my mistake. If you're looking up dark web stuff, write dark web Marvel or dark web uh, comics. But I am very excited. The Dark Web event is going to wrap up on the 1st of February. So we are uh, rapidly closing in on the conclusion of this. This is the final Dark Web X-Men tie-in. And I believe the rest of them are going to be in the Dark Web finale, like One-Shot, uh, Spider-Man, and Venom. As well as, I think, Gold Goblin and Black Cat and Mary Jane, I think. Yes. Yes, I think so. Um, but yeah, Dark Web's been really, really fun so far. And I can't wait to pick up this up and see how the X-Men's involvement concludes. Next up, we have part two of the One Minute War. This is The Flash, number 791. Written by Jeremy Adams with art by Roger Cruz. And, I mean, yeah, I'm really stoked about this. If you couldn't tell from this entire episode. Um, this has been fantastic. I've been really, really enjoying this, and uh, I'm really excited to see what Chapter 2 brings. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. The One Minute War, Part 2, A Ten-Second Week. The heroes are split after the alien speedsters known as the Fractions smashed into Central City and must attempt to fend off attacks while trying to formulate a plan. But there's no time for the heroes to take a breather, as besides the speedsters, Miss Murder is also hunting the team. And she has speed hounds. God, this sounds so cool! I'm very excited. Um, I'm interested to see how long everybody's going to be separated as well because obviously that is going to help kind of draw out the length because once i think once you get the flash family together they're gonna pose a problem for the fraction so i'm excited to see what this next episode in the uh one minute war entails next up we have immortal x-men number 10 this is written by kieran gillen with art by lucas werneck and uh 
Immortal X-Men's been fantastic. You already heard me gush over it in our Best of 2022 episode. Um, it's been amazing. I can't wait to pick this up. I don't know what the future uh, holds for this series and for uh, the X-Men because we know that Fall of X is coming. It is on the way. So uh, we'll just have to enjoy the ride while we've got it. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Part 10. That's an interesting. I've, I don't think I've seen the parts before. Uh, sweet dreams aren't made of this. Charles Xavier always had a dream, but one man's dream is another's nightmare. This one will make you wish you could wake up screaming. That's interesting. Are we going to deal with nightmare? Are we going to deal with some... Because we do... We did have some nightmare involvement in the uh, Jerry Duggan X-Men book, so... I'm curious to see if that uh, carries over to here. Next up, we have a big landmark issue. It's Nightwing number 100. This is written by Tom Taylor with art by Scott McDaniel, Eddie Barrows, Mikel Janine, Nick Leonardi, Javier Fernandez, and Bruno Redondo, of course. This is the big, like I said, landmark issue for Nightwing. Uh, this, All the covers that are releasing are amazing. I need to get my hands on that George Perez uh, cover. So if I miss out on it, I'm going to be, I'm going to put the call out to all of you. If you get your hands on an extra one of these, I will buy it from you. Um, but fingers crossed, I'll be able to nab one of these on, uh, on Wednesday or today as you are listening to this. So, uh, let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Power vacuum part one or part four, excuse me, the leap. Come join us with big smiles and even bigger celebrations as Nightwing hits its milestone issue 100. Cheer how far we've come by looking through the decades at what has made Nightwing a beloved hero. What better way to celebrate than with familiar friends and artists? Then, with Heartless creating a lair in the heart of Bloodhaven to take Blockbuster's throne, Nightwing will follow suit, setting up a headquarters of his own, with the help of some friends who helped make him who he is now, of course. So yeah, this sounds like a big, like, reshuffling of the deck. We're going to get you ready for the next arc. Hopefully the next 100 Nightwing issues. But I am very excited to see where they go with this. And I'm just... It's bittersweet. Because George Perez has had such a heavy hand in the development and the journey of Dick Grayson. Um, that it makes me really sad that he didn't get to see this. And he didn't get to participate in it. Um, but yeah, we've got the cover at least, and I am very excited to pick this up. Next up, we have a final issue. This is Strange number 10. This is written by Jed McKay with art by Marcella Ferreira. I am very sad that this is the end of Strange. I know we're resetting the deck and that next month we're going to be getting that new Doctor Strange book, which is supposed to quote unquote, bring it back to basics. Um, I, again, I trust Jed McKay. Jed McKay has had a as good a handle on Doctor Strange as I think anyone has had. And I've been telling people for a while now, we have not had any bad Doctor Strange books since Jason Aaron took over the reins. Um, from his run on, it's just been banger after banger after banger. So I am really excited to see how they wrap this up, but I will... Uh, I, I profess that I am a little bitter that it is wrapping up in my opinion, too soon. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Sorcerers Supreme Unite. 
Clea and Stephen Strange team up to take down the Blasphemy Cartel and their dreaded super-powered weapon. But will two Sorcerers Supreme be enough for this battle? And what will finally become of Stephen Strange by the end of it? As one chapter closes, a new one is about to begin in the House of Strange. We will just have to see. this, is, And I just realized this. This is the same, you know, the same week that... Uh, new champion of shazam is ending it's not a great look on either side of the big two fence that they are uh wrapping up their female-led books to give the mantles back to the male-led characters uh just something to think about i don't know i just think it's interesting but the big book of the week the book i think you should absolutely be picking up is batman superman world's finest number 11 this is written by mark wade with art by dan mora and this book as you heard in my best of 2022 episode, um, was my favorite book of the year. It is just incredible storytelling. Uh, I knew it would be. I knew it would be. It's Dan Mora. It's Mark Wade, two of my favorite creators working right now, perhaps of all time. Uh, I am very excited to pick this up. Um, and I'm not sure what the plan is for this book going forward because they are going to be taking over the uh, Shazam book. So I don't know. I I don't check solicits. Like, I don't check, like, the months ahead previews. So I don't really know if it has already been advertised that there are going to be more issues of this. But who knows? Like I said, the theme of this week is just enjoying the ride as it goes. And with the reveal cliffhanger of last issue, uh, I am very much enjoying the ride so far. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis. Strange Visitor Chapter 5 key to the kingdom. The saga of Boy Thunder crashes to a close as Batman, Superman, and the Titans frantically attempt to save their wayward ward. The choices the Dark Knight and the Man of Steel make in this moment will affect the future as we know it, as the secret identity of this uber-powerful last son, that of someone DC fans have known for decades, is at last revealed. Yeah, the reveal was actually, like I said, last page of last month's issue, but I'm very, I, I'm intrigued. I don't know how they're going to factor that into this, uh, into this issue and how they're going to wrap up this whole thing. So uh, I'm really excited to pick this up. But that is going to do it for this week's Comics Countdown. To recap, we have Batman, One Bad Day, Bane, number one, The New Champion of Shazam, number four, Wasp, number one, Lazarus Planet, Assault on Krypton, number one, Dark Web, X-Men, number three, The Flash, number 791, Immortal X-Men, number 10, Nightwing, number 100, Strange, number 10, and Batman Superman, World's Finest, number 11. A lot of number ones, a lot of final issues, so make sure that your final decision isn't to go to your local comic book shop but make sure it is your number one priority to get your comics this week and that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and especially subscriptions really do help me and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space. Raises up our stock and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever you want to call 
call it, I will read your review here on the podcast. You can write literally whatever you want. I will be forced to read every single word. As long as you give me those five stars, the sky's the limit on what you can write. And you'll be able to join the likes of our Red 13, including Seafire ND, Joshua Panels to Pixels, Matt Draper, Burrito Mandy 88, Doug from For Every Kind of Geek, Don Swanson, That Guy Brian, Mouth Dork, Dallas Meeks, Amazing Spider Fan, A Lock and AZ, Sass, and Jedi Jesse 20. I want to say a huge thank you to these fine folks for their reviews, and I cannot wait to hear yours. If you want to be part of the Geeksplained mailbag, send your emails to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put mailbag in the subject header and i will read it here on the wednesday show if you want to stay up to date with the podcast participate in polls that decide future episodes or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news you can feel free to follow us on instagram and twitter at geeksplained pod for as long as twitter is around for uh that's where you're gonna want to go if you want to chat if you want to get uh first notification when episodes go live all that fun stuff that is where we will be finally every single friday is the geek explained book club where i alongside my amazing friends malcolm russell nelson and jacob brown are currently going through every single issue of every single volume of brian michael bendis's spider-man saga and this friday it is the finale season two or season three if you want to count the days of thunder uh the the 2022 season we'll say uh is wrapping up in a big way we are uh finishing off the miles morales era of brian michael bendis comics uh with the final volume of comics that bendis ever wrote for marvel as of this recording it is volume i believe five of the miles morales spider-man 2016 series and we are going to try and send off Miles, Bendis, and all of the assorted characters and creators off as well as we can. So make sure you tune in this Friday. Be there or be square, not a circle, because Spidey Fridays are a real thing. And you will be able to get a clue as to what we're going to be reading on the next season uh and that's gonna do it for this week's episode uh once again huge thank you to jeremy adams for coming on the show and chatting uh he's a wonderful guy just one of i think the fastest rising stars in comics right now uh him alongside a uh, friend of the pod megan fitzmartin they're both incredible they're killing it right now in both their respective books and i'm very very excited to pick up chapter two of one minute war this week and to see where this story is going because from what he was saying uh there there's gonna be some twists and turns and some big stuff so i'm very excited uh but that's gonna do it for this week's episode next week is going to be our latest Geek Explain Spotlight, where I am going to be catching up on one of the best comics of 2022 as I put the Geek Explain Spotlight on Catwoman Lonely City. So tune in next week for that same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for the Geek Explain podcast, I have been Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone stay safe, and we will see you next time. 